Welcome to the Get Wealthy Podcast, where wellness doesn't suck. I'm your host, Michelle Smith. We feeling wealthy, uh, we getting healthy, uh, we feeling wealthy, uh, we getting healthy, uh, we drinking green juice. Welcome to Get Wealthy. I am your host. Michelle Smith, and I'm joined by my temporary host, Brad Smith. Hello, Michelle. My permanent husband. But we never took a vow for this. True. Although you're a little annoyed at me right now. I am a little say Maybe you'll quit, but that's fine. Uh, who knew this was going to get so heated we had to re-record I'll some stuff? stick with stuff. you out of spite. Um, I mean, you would think this was about like marital discourse, but this is actually an episode about sleep. Yes. And... I'm really excited. Our expert today is Dr. Frank Lippman. He is a pioneer and internationally recognized expert in the fields of integrative and functional medicine. He's the founder and director of 1111 Wellness Center and the chief medical officer of The Well in New York City. He's a New York Times bestselling author, which you know I love me, a New York Times bestselling author. Who doesn't? And he's written six books, which I actually think now is seven. Oh, wow. Because he wrote a book about sleep. And that's what he's here to talk to us about. Fantastic. Let's try this again. So we talk about sleep quite often. We do. I used to be a great sleeper. Lived in San Francisco. All that racket, all the noise. You couldn't shake me. Yeah. Um, I had kids. And now here we are and... I can't sleep well, great. Sometimes I do now. I'm yeah. sleeping good these days. Probably because I'm so exhausted. Yeah. I always think of, like, I, I've always been able to fall asleep quickly. Mm-hmm. Much. T- oh, my God. <laughs> you literally, your head's on the pillow and you're like, and I can, you're twitching and I you're doing your sleep Yeah, I, I, can, I, can, I can literally fall asleep anywhere. I know. That's never been a problem. I know. But I kind of have always wondered about the quality of my sleep, which... I would like to maybe get, you know, something to monitor just to kind of see what the quality is. Cause, Which you oh, had a Fit, you did on your Fitbit and it didn't show great results. I don't know how accurate yeah, that Yeah, I don't is. know. Yeah, Fitbit I think is okay. I don't think it's one of the better ones. Um, but yeah, it's, cause it's Although, hard because... mine it, was always great. My quality was great when I was yeah. monitoring. Well, it's hard to, like, unless you actually like monitor it, it's kind of hard to see what the quality is other than the fact, other than how you wake up feeling. Which I, I would feel also that bring there's it. a lot of other factors in that too so i would also bring it to your attention because you would sleep and you'd be like wouldn't be breathing and all of a sudden be like <gasps> yeah and you'd twitch a lot and you'd move a lot and it was disruptive to my sleep <laughs> oh sorry about that and then you actually went to go see somebody about it this is where i'm gonna tread lightly yeah i i had yeah i you thought i had sleep apnea which i and i got test or I don't know if it's tested. They you brought you, home a machine. Yeah, they give you the little thing to come home. And, and uh, yeah, I had like five episodes, five or seven episodes or something, which is very low on the scale. So Scale it of what? Of sleep apnea. Okay. So it wasn't that I would, I don't know, it was diagnosed with like mild sleep apnea. Okay. That's progress. <laughs> people are going to be wondering, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, people are going to be like, why, why is this the thing? You just don't, like there's something that you don't like, you 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 refuse to think you have sleep apnea. Oh, the, the, the first take, I was trying to explain things, and you kept interrupting me. And well, you weren't inserting. acknowledging the sleep apnea. Part. Well, let's not get into. It. Let's just see. This is why I love you. 
Thank you. I love you too. <laughs> Moving on. I think we should talk to the actual expert, which I didn't even bring up sleep apnea with him. Yeah. I also didn't bring up the fact that you sleep with a piece of tape on your mouth either to improve your sleep. Heck yeah, and it works. Have you, have you not? Have let's, you... let's talk to Dr. Lippman about this, shall we? We shall. Dr. Lippman, welcome to Get Wealthy. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm super excited to talk to you. Sleep is actually one of my favorite things. <laughs> I am a sleeper. I love to sleep. But, you know, there's been bouts throughout my life where it's a struggle to get it. And, you know, I've always thought about the reasons why, and I've come to realize that poor sleep, lack of sleep, sleep issues is more of a check engine light <laughs> for our bodies and our systems. And exactly. I'd love, I'd love to dig it. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's a, it's showing something else is out of alignment is what I, the way that's, I look at it. That's exactly what it is. Symptom is, it's a symptom of some imbalance in the system. And it's important to see that it says, as you point out, is if you're driving your car and the oil light goes on, you want to see why the oil light is going on. You don't just put a band-aid over the oil light, and that's exactly the same. <laughs> same thing with sleep. You've got to see why there's a problem with sleep. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, in your new book, Better Sleep, Better You, I know you dive into that. So I want to talk about some aspects of sleep. So I feel it's so evasive for so many of us because any anybody in the health wellness industry anybody paying attention we know sleep is important to our well-being and I think so many people love sleep like I don't know that many people who say oh I got too much sleep this was terrible (laughs) Um, it's not really it I, I kind of feel like there's a disconnect here it's like if um if all of a sudden this study showed like ice cream is the best thing in the world for our health. And like nobody, everyone's saying, Oh, I don't have time to eat it. It wouldn't make so much sense. <laughs> so what right. are we missing? Right. Start us off. Like what? what? Right. Well, well, I think there are some people who, who would say they don't have time to sleep. I think that's, that's becoming a minority. It probably was more of an issue many years ago, but now people are realizing how important it is. So there's still a few mm-hmm. people who say they don't have time to sleep. But I think for the most part, people who have sleep problems, it's less about they don't have time. And it's more about, as you say, some symptom of some underlying imbalance. And the imbalance could be a nutritional, it could be stress-related, it could be a body out of rhythm, it could be a hormonal thing, and it, or it just could be the environment that people are sleeping in. Mm-hmm. What are you finding in your studies is the number one thing that people are overlooking? Stress. Well, I don't think they're overlooking it, but I think stress is probably the commonest cause why people are having problems sleeping. Now, you know, the, 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 the beauty of um, trying to help people sleep, there are so many little things that people can tweak or can change that will affect their sleep. Because although I would say stress is probably the most common um, issue that people need to address for uh, sleep problems, the the other little minor or or less um, important uh, issues or easier things to 
to tweak that'll affect their sleep from changing their diets or when they eat to um, creating more rhythm in their life, for instance, going to sleep at the same time or uh, getting some natural light first thing in the morning, uh, checking their hormones. So there are a lot of little tweaks that can be made which are pretty easy. Stress is probably uh, the hardest for many, mm-hmm. for many people and, and, and probably the commonest and most important or dealing with, well, think- dealing with the stress. Yeah. And I think that's because it involves lifestyle change. It's not one, it's not something you can just check off a box. I think it's really looking inward and say, what is not working in my life, whether it's work or whatever it is, it's a real lifestyle change. And it's, it's a real come to terms with reality that is hard and not everybody is willing to do that. Yep. It's not a quick fix for the most part. I mean, we, yeah. we, m- for most people, it's often uh, acknowledging there's a stress, trying to work out what the stress is and, uh, and ultimately changing your reaction to stress because for the most part, it's, it's very hard to change the stressor. You can't change your boss, your job, or you can, but often you can't change you know, the circumstances that are causing the stress, sometimes you can, often you can't. But what you do have control over, what you can change is how you react to the stress. So you have control over your reaction to the stresses in your life. And that is something that you've got to learn to to do. I mean, and, and something like meditation or learning stress reduction techniques or breathing um, uh, or ways of dealing with the stress take more time. It's not just a once-off thing. You can't learn. You know, can't go and meditate for ten minutes one day and think it's, it's all over. So <laughs> it's, it's it's harder to do for most people. But the the results and the effects of making those changes not only will affect your your sleep, but will affect all aspects of your life. I think learning meditation. And actually, meditating most days can have you know um, profound effects on on our health and and our general well being. I agree. We're big fans of that here, and are in complete agreement. I feel like what you said too is that I think that there's so many people he, who hear meditation and they yeah. think, "Oh, I tried it; it doesn't work for me." But it's really like running a marathon or. Yeah training for anything. You're training your brain almost, I don't know if this would be the right way to say it, but almost training your brain to manage your fight or flight response in response to whatever that stress is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's sort of mind control. I hate that term, but it's it's, it's, (laughs) self-mind control. (laughs) It's learning to control the monkey mind, the mind that goes from, you know, issue to issue, thought to thought, which is sort of the way we function in this day and age and learning to actually control that somewhat is it, it can be difficult for a lot of, I mean, for me, it was very difficult for a lot of people it's very difficult. I got into meditation through moving meditation through yoga. So I think the easiest way to quiet the mind is to move the body. So for, for most people, I encourage them to learn to control their mind through exercise, yoga, Tai Chi, something where they actually doing something physical because that often helps. And then it makes it easier to be able to just sit and practice breathing exercises or meditation. 
And even breathing exercises can be a tool to meditation. Most meditation techniques focus on the breath, and that's because the breath is a way into that state because it gives you a focus. Got it. Would you say, so I'm a, I'm a fan of yoga. I've been practicing for many years. Would you say running and other forms of exercise can also allow somebody to tap into those things? Because I know that I hear sometimes, I, I guess I'll keep going back to runners, even though I'm personally not a runner. <laughs> um, but kind of that runner's mindset when you're out there and you don't have anything else going on, do you think that that, activity is also a way or do you think there's something more profound in yoga and tai chi uh, that allows you to tap into that well i do think there's something more profound in yoga and tai chi but i still also think that even running and you know typical exercise that we used to can can not always can be a way into meditation if you're aware and let's say you're running, you're focusing on your 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 steps, you focusing mm-hmm. on your you know your your feet, te- you know pounding on the pavement. Mm-hmm. So it can be. I'm not saying it's as easy because yoga and <laughs> and, and tai chi is, is really a moving meditation, but you can mm-hmm. theoretically use running or exercise, any exercise, to be a meditation. It's more difficult. Um, and it's not structured in that way, but it can still be used in that way. Yeah. Okay. I find when I run, my mind just kind of goes everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, absolutely. I think most people it does, but theoretically you can, you know, and I have patients who, especially long distance runners who, who actually learn to train their minds just to focus on being very present and in the moment and, you know, focusing on, the, you know, the, the, the one leg going in front of the other, their feet, you know, pounding the ground. So I think it can be, but I, I agree. I do think it's more difficult than yoga or Tai Chi. I'd venture to say if you were a long-distance runner, you better get your mind right into that because you're going to make yourself crazy otherwise. Okay, so we know stress is a huge component of that and not even necessarily, like you said, the stress – component itself, but our reaction to it. I feel like stress is an external force and then our reaction is our internal force. And obviously we all know you can't control what's outside of you. We're in control of our choices. So stress and lifestyle are the number one thing. And one thing I want to dive into you into with you more is environment. I think that is something that's really important that we don't talk about enough um, that might be an easier tweak. So yep. I'd love to see a little bit more what you mean when you say environment. Is that like our direct bedroom? Exactly, Is it yeah. rituals leading up to it? Yeah. All of that? Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's, uh, when I talk about the environment, uh, I'm talking about all the lights in our room. So we have to remember that melatonin, which is basically our major sleep hormone, is only secreted when there's darkness. So if your room has light coming in or the you know there's flashing lights, whether it's a TV or the phone or whatever it is, you are, you're not going to be subjected to complete darkness. So your body's not going to secrete the melatonin that you need to sleep properly. So if you can't, you know, put dark shades on your windows or 
or cover all the lights. If there's light coming into your room, you should you know, get an eye mask because complete darkness is essential, I, I think, for a good sleep because if there's not complete darkness, you don't produce the major sleep hormones, so it's going to be harder to sleep. So a dark room is, I think, essential. Second thing would be a cold room. You know, you need, you know, your, the temperature should be somewhere between, you know, even 61 and, and 67, 66. Oh, uh, this, the is, cold, this is hard for me. <laughs> the, the colder the room, you know, the cold room actually also is going to affect your your sleep hormones. So having a dark and cold room is, is essential. And then um, you, you, I, I, I'm a big believer in all the EMF, the electromagnetic forces, that um, we are exposed to that are, you know, that that phone next to the bed, the plugs, um, the router that's on. I think all these little things can add up. I think the darkness and the cold are probably the most important. But then mm-hmm. there is the EMF noises. You know, if you can't control yeah. um, loud noises, uh, you, you you need to put some earplugs in, and there and then part of the environment is who you're sleeping with, um, yeah, and you know that may be harder to control, especially if you're going to bed at different times. If you want hot and they want cold, um, if if your partner's snoring, I mean there are all these factors in that can affect your sleep by who you sleep with, and that can include a pet. I mean, some people sleep with their dogs. I'm not against that. But if your dog is keeping you up, that's a problem. You know, I sleep, you know, we we, we share a dog with our daughter. We, we <laughs> often babysit the dog on the weekend. And, yeah. you know, the dog sl- sleeps on our bed. But the dog, it, when, when she's out, she's out. She doesn't affect us. But but if a dog, for instance, who, you know, who doesn't want a dog sleeping on your bed? If it's affecting your sleep, that's an issue. <laughs> If your partner's snoring is affecting your sleep, that's an issue. So there are all these factors that have to be dealt with. Today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens has become one of my favorite parts of my morning ritual, if I'm being totally honest. I mix it up, I sit down, and I enjoy it. It's super easy to make. This is what I do. Okay, so here's what I do. I take a scoop, add it to a large cup, add some cold water, blend it up. You can use like a spoon if you want, but I like using a frother because I feel fancy like that. Uh, Then add some ice, grab a straw, and I literally just sit down and take a moment and enjoy. It tastes fantastic, but there's also something that feels really good about starting my day knowing that I'm getting a high level of nutrition in it. And I feel like it gets me going. There are 75 vitamins and minerals, whole food sourced ingredients included in Athletic Greens. Uh, Athletic Greens supports digestion, gut health, nervous system, immune system, efficient energy production. There's plenty of antioxidants and superfoods. Uh, Adaptogens. I love adaptogens um, in there. And so there's just something that feels really almost productive about sitting down and having this moment with my drink. So I love Athletic Greens. I wouldn't be sharing it with you if I didn't. If you would like to start your day with Athletic Greens, check out the link in our show notes. It'll take you straight to their page. Um, If you have any questions, you can obviously always reach out to us on social media or wherever. Shoot us an email. Um, Otherwise, I think you'll really like it as much as I do. 
Yeah. Well, I, I was I was actually ready to end the interview after you said the cold room because I feel completely vindicated. <laughs> <laughs> now you're <We're> done, <laughs> Doctor Littman. Now you're tapping into marital issues. Well, <laughs> Brad would speak with the window open in the middle of the winter good. if he could. That's great. I think that's really good for sleep. I know, and I've got my like five layers of pajamas, blankets, and space heater going. <laughs> it, it's we're not going to drag you into this discussion, <laughs> but I do know factually, cold is better. All right. So you, thank you. This is me on record saying you are right. It's just a hard pill for me to swallow. So, okay. So environment. What about the actual? bed or yeah. all of that because I will say we got a new mattress last year and I hated it because we bought it during COVID when you couldn't test mattresses and so we're stuck with it now and I'm already planning to get a new one because it just there's something about it that isn't resonating with me sleeping and I just don't sleep as well no I think mattress is important you know that you know what we say in the book you know think of buying a mattress like you'd think of about buying a car you, you've mm. got to find what works best for you in terms of support, you know. Uh, and support yeah. is different to firmness. You want support. Um, so yeah. mattresses are important. Pillows are important. Even sheets can be important, especially, you know, if you want, you know, you want um, materials like linen and cotton and stuff that breathe because you don't want it to, you know, you want airflow with the sheet. So I think your bed i never used to think as much but i do think all you know my philosophy on sleep now is if you can change the little things you know let's say there there are 20 things that are affecting your sleep if you can affect 10 or 15 of them that's going to help you sleep better you may not be able to affect all of them but that definitely um you know the more you can affect the more the more it's going to help you yeah, I mean, all of those little things are going to add up. It's that collective addition exactly. of beneficial things that are going to obviously help. Um, I want to pivot a little bit because I obviously know likely where you stand on some of this as a functional, as studying functional medicine. I feel like we've been in this era of sleep aids, and yeah. I think it's a band aid for if <laughs> for people i'm actually read an article this morning yes, showing I read the same article yeah yes that it was a study done on women that they studied for a year or two yep. women taking sleep aids and it didn't show any exactly. improvement in sleep. Yeah, no. so what are we doing exactly here? Just- so so that's i was going to mention that study good you brought up so you know, women for one or one to two years who used sleeping pills, their sleep quality or duration was not improved. At, you know, compared to people who used who didn't use them, um, it didn't help at all. So what the hell? Because sleeping pills have side effects and they're not benign drugs. So absolutely, you know, I'm definitely against, I've always been against sleeping pills. So I just saw that article. I've just posted it on my networks tonight so that, yeah <laughs> because i think that's very important because most people think that sleeping pills actually help them and what we've thought and what i've you know 
found, you know, with people who do take sleeping pills, they find that maybe it does help them sleep, maybe 20 minutes more, maybe half an hour more. This study shows it didn't even help that. Um, but sleeping pills, you know, long-term sleeping pill use is associated with Alzheimer's and cognitive um, problems. So that's the one thing. And then the second thing, they're addictive. You know, once you're on them, they're very hard to stop. People think that they can't sleep without them. Um, and, yeah. and then there's the side effects of, you know, you're drowsy and, um, or, you know, you can sleepwalk and cause all sorts of problems taking them. So I'm, you know, I think sleeping pills should, you know, to me, they're like um, uh, pain, you know, to me, they're like the same thing as a pain pill, you know, the, uh, the, yeah. the, the codone, oxycodone um, yeah. epidemic. I mean, sleeping pills is a, a big problem. I saw my mother, you know, you know, was it, uh, she got Alzheimer's as she got older and she was on sleeping pills for years and years and years. So I'm, I'm yeah. definitely not only not a fan of sleeping pills, I think they do more harm than good. And, I want, I, you know, if you are, if you do want something to help you sleep, rather try things like magnesium or L-theanine or even CBD and or THC. You know, there's certain strains of THC that can be helpful. But sleeping pills to me are... are you know, I very, very, very rarely will recommend a sleeping pill. I mean, uh, hardly ever. That's like maybe a last case emergency that exactly. they are going for a very like, short period. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. You mentioned THC and CBD. That was going to be my next question. Was how you are seeing? I know there's, you know, cannabis has been around forever, but we're now starting to see it become more of a mainstream, take more mainstream acceptance. Yep. So I was curious thoughts around that with sleep were again I think anything would be you don't want it just to be a crutch that you're relying on it but would that be a more useful definitely bridge absolutely yeah I'm, I'm actually quite a big fan of CBD and THC I mean I think you know I've seen it help tons of my patients uh, now there's, spe there's special cbd strains that seem to be more effective the cbn for instance there's certain mm -hmm. thc strains that are more effective for sleep so now it's become quite a sophisticated uh, um, industry and i think you can get strains that do help you chill out and help you sleep uh, yeah. you know and it's got other positive effects it can be anti-inflammatory it can be good for anxiety so i'm yeah, I yeah. think, you know, I use it as a bridge. If you can um, if you can do without it, that's great. But if you do need something, I think it's a great bridge. I'd rather go down that route than sleeping pills. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. I'm in agreement with you. I, I'm a fan of using that for functional benefits, and I, I personally have seen improvements with that. So I am in agreement with you on that. Right. <laughs> Um, a couple other things that I want to touch base with on you, with you on naps. What, I yeah. mean, I kind of, I see different things, but where are you on naps? Uh, yeah. how, what, what's the optimal? Is it not? Does it mess up our rhythm? How does that work? Well, I think for a lot of people, it's actually ideal for their body. For most people, because our body rhythms, we tend to drop early in the afternoon. So it's just mm -hmm. not as, um, you know, the way our society works. It's not as easy to get a nap. But I think for most people, a 20, 20 25-minute nap after, you know, siesta is a perfect time. 
you know, I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it after four o'clock and I wouldn't do more than 20, 25 minutes. But I do think for a lot of people, um, naps are great. I love, you know, I used to nap a lot. It's harder now. On the weekends, I try and nap. I find a 20-minute nap is incredibly helpful. And, you know, I got, I got turned on to this, what's this concept of a nappuccino. People have, oh, I love that. you know, people have a cup of coffee and then they go for a nap and they wake up and they're wide awake. But you know that that's just, I think, an interesting idea and it's quite funny. Yeah. But I don't think you need coffee before a nap. But uh, I like the term nappuccino. I, I think naps actually work <laughs> for a lot of people. I think if we could yeah. incorporate it into our society, which would be difficult the way we work. Um, I think it's a great thing. I'm, I'm all for naps. Perhaps as people are turning more to working at home, yep. that yep. would be something that we can kind of yep. look for is one of those changes. Yep. Um, speaking of Nappuccino, my, my second part of that was caffeine. I don't drink caffeine just because I'm one of those people that have a yeah. terrible reaction. Right. My heart, everything, it's just not great. So I don't do caffeine. But so it's this is very easy for me to say that it feels like another crutch that's just covering up our lack of sleep and ability to kind of get through the day naturally based on circadian rhythms, all of that. But then there's also studies that say caffeine's beneficial. How do you find that falls into sleep at least? Well, first of all, uh, how you metabolize caffeine is usually a genetic thing. So you can either be yep. a fast metabolizer <laughs> or a slow metabolizer. If you're a slow metabolizer, having caffeine after a certain period, you know, sometimes even having it in the morning can affect you. So it depends mm-hmm. how quickly you metabolize it. But if you're a slow metabolizer and you know that, you know, caffeine, you know, wakes you up and you can't go to sleep for a long time, it absolutely can affect your sleep. So you need to know how you metabolize or, or what caffeine, how caffeine affects you. But if you're a fast metabolizer, I'm not against caffeine at all. And mm-hmm. even a slow metabolizer, caffeine in the morning, I'm, I'm a slow metabolizer, for instance. I can have caffeine in the morning. I love my caffeine, cup of, my mm-hmm. cup of black coffee while I'm fasting in the morning. I love it. doesn't affect mm-hmm. my sleep at night. But for some people, they can be such slow metabolizers that even a cup of coffee in the morning can affect their sleep. So it's a personal thing. It all depends how quickly you metabolize caffeine. But I don't think caffeine is generically a problem for sleep. You've got to know okay. where you stand or how you metabolize so it. Yeah. Very, it's very individual. Exactly. Um, one last thing I want to chat with you about as we are entering the summer months here. Um, I noticed for myself, I winter months, I cannot get up when it's dark outside. I struggle with that. But in the summer months, I am up with the sun and can function on less sleep. And I feel great. Is there anything to that? Is that kind of our natural circadian rhythm just taking over saying, hey, this is a sunlight. Like you said, getting sunshine first thing in the morning is so important. Is there anything to that, or is it, have I just like conditioned myself over all of these years to just believe that? Right. It's not- well, no, I actually agree with you. I think you know I'm I'm exactly the same way. I mean, is there some? I, I do think our body rhythms um, are affected by our surroundings and by nature. We are microcosms of the macrocosm. So, absolutely, I do think it is affected. 
on some level. I feel the same way. I mean, I'm up with, and I love it. I'm up at crack of dawn <laughs> and I feel great. And, but, you know, some people, not everyone is like that. I, but I do think there is an effect. And I do think whether you get up at the crack of dawn or you want to sleep later, the best thing for your sleep rhythms is to get outside and get some natural light first thing in the morning. That actually is one of my favorite tips to help people sleep at night, to get some natural light first thing in the morning. It makes a huge difference for me. We've had it's funny because as we've had more and more guests that we've chatted through with on this podcast, that is one of the number one things that is constantly recommended is get your morning light, get your morning light. And so Brad and I, like we take the kids, we walk the kids to school in the morning and just that morning light, just getting out there makes such a huge difference. And I really do sleep better those days. It just seems like it sets your clock to say, okay, this is it. And it's, it's profound. I never would have realized that until hearing so many people say that. Yeah, it's no, it's no question that happens. It happens to me too because when I'm, you know, as the weather gets better and I go out early for an early ride, I sleep so much better. Now, is it that exercise or is it getting out in the light? I actually believe, you know, it's not that I'm not exercising in the winter, but I do think that early light makes a huge difference to one's circadian rhythm and our sleep. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, listeners, you've heard it again. <laughs> Dr. Lippman, we've chatted about a lot of things pertaining to sleep. Is there anything that uh, we have, like major things that you're like, no, 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 we have to throw this part in too that we're missing? Yeah, I think it's important to realize you can't go 100 miles an hour and expect to stop dead and go back, you know, go to sleep. I think to have a transition period between your active day and your nighttime sleep is important. So don't expect to run, 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 be on the computer, switch off the computer and go to sleep. Having some type of transition period, whether it's a hot bath, putting on some Bob Marley or some reggae music and chilling out or what, however you chill out, dimming the lights. So transitioning between your daytime activities and nighttime sleep I think is really important as well. I like that one. That actually is fantastic. So I think we're just trained to go so much, like just not stop and then move from one thing to the next, but sleep, you need that buffer. Exactly. Well, your new book is out. Can you let us know? And our read, I say readers because I'm used to seeing <laughs> readers with my book, audience listeners, where they can find your book. They can find it Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all bookstores, better you, better, better sleep, better you. Um, I, they can find it anywhere. They can go to okay. my website, drfranklipman.com, but it'll will send you straight to Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Okay. So any bookstore, um, you can get anywhere it. you can buy books. Exactly. That's what, that's what <laughs> yeah. we like to say with our guests. Exactly. Anywhere you can buy books, we will also link to it in our show notes. Fantastic. So listeners can link right there to it. Um, thank you so much. I feel it's just taking these bites, these complex things that we think are so difficult and just bringing them down into tangible, accessible things that we can do day to day is so helpful. So thank you for sharing this with us. You're welcome. And thank you for having me. Of course. We'll chat soon. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. And that my friends is how you sleep. (laughs) Minus the tape. That's it. Minus the CPAP. 
I don't have a CPAP. I know I don't you need don't. A CPAP. I know, I know. We're not going to start this again. I have my tape. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so lots of good ideas there. Yeah. Something that is interesting, like the environment, I think is really big for me. So we like, have to make our room colder. I'd be open to that, but we have to redo our whole room too. <laughs> so, well, we already okay. First of all. We already have a king size bed on the way. So we've been, we, we have a queen, which I don't know. It's just been whatever we've had. But with baby on the way, I'm going to lean into some of this close sleeping stuff that we didn't really do with the first two. But we just need more space. This is an excuse for me to get more space. <laughs> I'm fine with it. But so here's my thoughts too. Hmm. I didn't sleep great this last year. And I don't think a lot of people did. I think yeah. especially in the beginning, like there's just so much on our mind and like, um, Dr. Lippman was saying is that not great sleep is the check engine light for ever the, everything else. I think yeah. we all had a lot of everything else this last year. But what I've found is that I'm now making associations with like going to bed and bad sleep and not sleeping well yeah. and like anxiety and kind of all this stuff. And now I want to like erase all of that. Yeah. But I want to erase it. Plus we needed to redo our room. True. Anyways. That, I mean, but I just I guess... want a really great bed that I'm just like, I can't wait to get into bed. Yeah. For me, I guess the hard thing about sleep is just like it seems like there's like so many. I mean, I guess like everything else, but there's like so many factors. Yeah, there's so many different things that you can kind of tweak and do and not do, and I don't know. Sometimes it seems a little overwhelming. I know, but I feel like we can simplify it. Like, yeah. just have some really. So here's my thing. This is me being snotty too. Good bedding, a good match. Like, I feel like I need that now. Yeah, I don't know if it's just that I'm getting older and I can't sleep on a freaking friend's couch anymore. <laughs> like that doesn't sound yeah. like a great, you know what I mean? Like when I kind of mentally get into it, like I just know what my body is craving. I know this is me being like a little hippy dippy weird, but, and maybe pretentious or snotty, but I'm okay with that. I'm old enough now. I can <laughs> say I want a good bed to sleep in. Um, and we need to get a new mattress too, which I'm on the hunt for. Yeah. Last year, right before the pandemic started, we decided we wanted to get a new mattress. Mm -hmm. But then everywhere's closed down. And I'm like, I don't want to spend a lot of money on a nice mattress that I'm just like blindly picking. Yeah. They uh, kind of frowned on uh, going in and sleeping on or laying tossing down. Your, laying, tossing around. <laughs> laying, down, laying down on mattresses in the store. They're kind of frowning on that. So we just bought a cheapy one. Yeah. And I don't love it. It's so high. And I like fall. I roll off of it. You've seen this happen. Yeah. It's not going to be pretty come a couple I, more yeah. months. I do kind of like the high. I don't know. You get to jump down. It's I like, can't. Hey. Yeah, because you're so <laughs> tall. Like, this is awful. Like, the first few nights, I slept awful on it. I was like, what are we going to do? But, stupid pandemic hit. I'm stuck with this stupid mattress. Yeah, but I can, I, can, I can empathize with you that it's a little tall for you, especially in your Do you know the stage. new bed frame I got? Is it shorty? Oh. It's uh, plus our bed frame's super high. There's like literally a step on it. This is not. We will come back next season because this is the last episode of this season. Did you know? That? Oh, I, yes, yes, I did. As my temporary host, you totally know, you would think you'd that. be up in all the admin stuff. Totally knew that. Um, but we'll give you an update. I think we should hunt for a great mattress. Okay. Maybe find somebody who also wants to sponsor us, but we're also very honest. So 
Okay. Only if it's a great mattress. Cool. And report back. Because there's so many. There's there are. avocado, there's plum, there's Casper, there's sleep train. Is there a purple? Isn't there a purple now? Purple. Didn't I say? I just said purple. I thought. You said plum, I think. Oh, maybe it's purple. <laughs> I don't know. We'll come back with some more information. It probably next is season. a plum. It's an offshoot of avocado. I don't know. I know it's it's a lot of fruity <laughs> mattresses out there. Anyways, I hope this episode was helpful. I hope that you guys will start realizing that if you just like everything else that we're talking about, all of these are symptomatic oh, of and didn't, something did, else. Didn't Doctor Lipman say the uh, the c word again? Cold. That, no, are you going uh, back to this? Wasn't it uh, cortisol? CPAP? Didn't oh, you, cortisol? we talk about or stress? Stress. Oh my God. Totally. Yeah. That's not a C word though. But well, cortisol. cortisol. I guess maybe he didn't say cortisol. I think that was just the connection I made in my mind. But again, this Stress. is getting back to the root. And I think it gets back to being really freaking honest with yourself of yeah. like, what is actually not in alignment in my life? Yeah. And it sucks to address that because it's uncomfortable and it demands work from you. Yeah. Um, when things aren't functioning right. Yeah. I guess That's we could kind of like put ourselves out of a job and just say that the solution to almost everything is de-stress. <laughs> de-stress, but then even self-like awareness, like actual self-awareness yeah. of what's going on in your life and what is not making you in alignment. The alignment thing is a big thing this season, yeah. I think. Like, okay, let's really quick, because we have another guest we're recording for next season coming mm-hmm. up. Alignment, I think, was a big theme yep stress yep those morning walks kept coming up which we do now i love Mm -hmm. alignment stress morning walks i think that's it i mean how many people came out here saying (laughs) there was like literally not one expert was like oh try this crazy diet do this blah 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 it's all like very pragmatic practical stuff yeah get back to your roots yep okay themes of this season Alignment. Alignment. Habits. Habits and rituals is another big one. Yeah. Alignment, habits, stress. 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 <laughs> stress, stress, stress. And I don't remember that one. That's it. All right, guys. Do those three three things and you will be amazing. We love you. Thank Actually, you for you a great are, season. You already are amazing. So We are. But do those you things are. anyway. Leave us a review. <laughs> we'll see you next season. All right. Bye. Bye.